What is the one thing you want your kids to have? I think resilience is really important for kids because one thing we can't control is that they will get knocked down and there will be times when they fail in their life. And the important thing is not that they never fall, it's that they know how to get back up when they do. Today on Feed, Play, Love, we're talking about resilience, something many parents want their kids to develop. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. Resilience. It's a quality we want our kids to have, but how do we help them achieve it? And how do we connect with what it truly means when it's been talked about so much that it feels like another buzzword? Jen Muir is a parenting educator at Connected Parenting. She's also a mum of four. Hi, Jen. How are you? Hi, Chev. What does resilience mean to you? I think resilience is it's a funny thing because it doesn't look the way we think it might. So we think resilience is a child that can fall over and get back up with gusto, maybe a child that's not showing as much emotion and they seem confident and brave, when in fact the way that we cultivate or build a resilient child is by allowing lots of opportunities to fall. It's about that child knowing that they can come to us with those feelings and it's through our relationship that they learn to be a more resilient person in the future. And that's probably what we need to hear as parents, right? Because when a child falls and, you you know, emotionally or physically, that's when our judgment probably creeps in, right? So if we see a child who's fallen over and crying, Mm -hmm. our first thought is, oh, pick yourself up, brush yourself off. You'll be okay. Dust it off. Dust it off. Come on. And that to us. But you're saying what we need to do is really let them fall, let them feel all the feelings of failing or hurting themselves or whatever it might be. Yeah. And so we don't want to overdo it and be, you know, if a child falls before we even look for their reaction, we don't want to be rushing over saying, you must be sad. We kind of want to pause and stop and look for that moment that they look at us and say, "Ah, are you okay? And we want them to know that they can show us when they are okay and when they're not okay. But what gets in the way for parents with that is the fear that if I allow that, will I make my child less resilient? Because it can look less resilient and it can look messier and noisier. And you can have the child that's having the huge tantrum at the shopping centre and you're getting looks from strangers and they're like, oh, that child's not very resilient. But in fact, you are building resilience by allowing that. And so it's this kind of crazy thing that can be really hard to navigate as a parent. So just tell me again, how does that help build their resilience if you allow them to feel those feelings? Because when we have lots and lots of opportunities to get very unregulated, and by that I mean, you know, crying or getting um, worked up or sad or worried, and a parent is able to be with us, allowing that feeling, possibly naming it with us, giving it a voice and saying, it's okay to have that feeling and I'm here with you while you feel it. We don't necessarily solve it or fix it for them, but we allow it. What's happening in that process, the technical name we give it is co-regulation. And what we know from the evidence is that the more opportunities kids get to do this co-regulation, the more resilient they will be. The evidence is just so clear. So it's, it's, it's just lots of practice at being resilient. But there's other things we can do as well to encourage it. 
Okay, I'll get to that. But I think one of the things you talk about on your Instagram account, which I encourage many people to look up, it's, uh, I'll put links to it, but it's Connected Parenting it's on Instagram. It's at Connected Parenting AU. AU. And I'll, I'll put that in the link so you can find it. And there's lots, you have lots of great advice on your Instagram. But one of the things you say about resilience is that timeouts aren't helpful. And that mm. is directly related to co-regulation. Can it you is. talk to me about that? I can, because our instinct sometimes when behaviour gets too much, or too big or too messy, think about, look, I can talk from my own experience, but often what we were told as children is go to your room and come back when you're calm. Come back when you can talk nicely. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, look, our parents were doing the best they could too. But what we now know is that what happens when we do that, we might stop the behaviour in that moment that is kind of hard for us, but it doesn't teach our child how to manage that emotion. And that's what resilience is. It's having a feeling, having something hard happen, being able to work through it and then keep going. And when we send a child to a room with a timeout or other sort of strategies that isolate a child, even like a naughty step, they're not learning how to do that co-regulation with that caregiver. And so that's the piece that's missing, even though in the moment it can look like it worked. It doesn't work long-term. When you talk about that co-regulation, it sounds like naming the emotion is like hugely important. And Mm. I feel like I need to do that with myself as well, you know, like to actually say, hey, oh my God, I'm feeling so angry right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that I chose anger. I am a mom. (laughs) Um, So is, is that what we're trying to do in that period? Yeah, it's funny. There's a lot around about naming emotions and naming emotions can be helpful once our child has crested the hill of the emotion. So if you come in too soon with, you seem really angry right now, your (laughs) child might throw something at your head. So you want to go slow with naming. And what I work on parents doing, essentially co-regulation or what we're trying to do is often less than what you think. And it's less about helping them get the feeling out by punching a pillow or naming feelings or all of the doing things that we want to do. And it's more about how we be. How I would describe that, if we had to sort of describe it, is you want to try and slow your own breathing. You might put your hand on your heart. You focus on your child. You might not name you are so angry or you are so disappointed, but you might say, ah, this is really hard. I can see that you're struggling. And that is enough because what you're letting them know is, I see it. The biggest thing our kids want to know is that we get it. We get that they are having a hard time. And only once our kids feel this kind of sense that we get it, can they start to be coached or move on. And that's when we can say, I think you're disappointed. And there's a funny thing about emotions because sometimes anger is what presents and what's just sitting behind it is disappointment. And so we might say to our child, eventually, once they've crested that hill, you're so angry. And I get it. And I think you're a bit disappointed too. And that's where that can be helpful because you're helping them have an understanding of their emotions and that can build resilience. But by far and away, the more important thing is our body because 90% of what we're communicating in that moment is done with our body. So it's hand on heart. It's opening your palms towards your child, softening your face because you can be saying all the right words. And internally, if you are just going, get me out of here, that is what your (laughs) child will feel. And that's where parents get unstuck. They can be saying all the right words, but sometimes our body betrays us. So it's working on calming yourself. And the other thing I do, and I know I'm going on about it, but the other thing I do that helps me in this moment is I say, I don't have to fix this or solve this. I have to be here. 
I just have to sit in it. And I kind of will visualize myself sitting in a hole and I'm not going to throw down a ladder or a shovel. I'm literally just going to get in the hole with my child. And I think that's what most of us want when we have a problem. Yeah, that's true. We don't want, yeah. We, we don't, don't want, want someone, someone to, to solve it. No. What about when your partner tries to solve it? It's <laughs> like, just listen to me. <laughs> I didn't ask you to fix it. Well, what did you want? Oh my God, that must be something that happens in every, every household. single household. I think what's interesting about resilience is it sounds um, in a way a lot like bravery or courage. Yeah. Because I try to say to my kids, look, brave, being brave or having courage doesn't sound, doesn't feel like what it looks like on the telly. Like you're not feeling like a knight storming into a a battle and you're going to win. You probably feel frightened and sick and awful and all those things. And bravery is actually overcoming that and doing the thing anyway. Um, And you don't feel brave. You feel weak. You feel scared, all of those things. And it seems like resilience is a bit like that. And we need to think of it like that as parents, like yeah. it's a, it's almost a practice, right? You get yes. better at overcoming adversity, unfortunately, yes. the yeah, more you absolutely. do it. Absolutely. And better at kind of acknowledging that's part of doing it. Mm. And it's kind of something we're building or cultivating. It's not like a personality trait. Yes. You know, and I yes. think that's, that's what we need to remember is it's, it's a learned thing. And, and you need patience for it, right? Yes. Because I think where I lose patience with my kids is like I thought that I was a very conscious and aware parent, but then if the same thing keeps coming up and they keep struggling with it, I'm like, oh, not this again. Yeah. But we all need to practice. We all need to get better at these things and why are emotions, particularly the hard ones, going to be any different? And I think with resilience or bravery, it's not completing it successfully with a big smile. Um, it's sometimes trying and and stopping because it got too much and then going, okay, that was too far for me and what's a lesser step that I can take Mm. um, that is achievable? How can we wind this back so I can do it? Um, And, yeah, you definitely don't always feel brave in the moment. One of the things you mention when you talk about resilience is an episode of Bluey (laughs) called Bike. Yes. Have you seen that episode? I hate to admit this, <laughs> but I missed the bluey craze. Yeah, My kids it. are too old. But Maybe tell me, what is, it, what is it about this episode that's oh so gosh. great with resilience? So whenever I watch this episode, I cry my <laughs> eyes out. So first of all, just <laughs> fully confessing, I sob like a, a baby, like a, like, a, like a human. Sorry, um, Babies do sob. So <laughs> in, in this episode, we've got the dad is it bingo? At the park. The dad's at the park with Bluey. She's trying to ride a bike. She's getting really frustrated, really Mm. mad and she can't do it. And then she goes, ah, you know, I just want to quit. And then they look around the park and there's the other little characters and they're all trying to do things on their own. One's trying to drink out of a bubbler. One's trying to swing on the monkey bars and they're all attempting. And she says to her dad, oh, we should help them. They're not, they're not doing it. And he says, just, just wait. Just wait, just watch. And then these kids all through creative and different ways achieve their goal that they're trying to do. One of them gets on the monkey bars, one of them gets their backpack on, the other one gets a drink of water. And it makes me cry because the beauty in these kids achieving it for themselves where no one intervened and just did it for them. And that's the other part of resilience is our kids need to try and fail and struggle a bit. And I think as parents, watching our kids struggle is one of the hardest things. We just want to go, here, I'll just do it for you. Because it's really hard for me to watch you struggling. And this episode, it's just 
it is so beautiful to see the way this dad, and he's the perfect dad, can sit back and just watch and wait with a big smile on his face knowing they will get there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Jen, thank you so much for talking about this with us today. My pleasure. That's Jen Muir. She's a parenting educator and you'll find more information about Jen at her website and on Instagram. You'll find links to both in the notes of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.